I get it. I get it, Corey. I get it. You're the top You made me say it, Tom. <laughs> Nerd on. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Nerd on the podcast you didn't need, but you deserve. Where all levels of nerd are welcome, whether you're playing tabletops on your actual tabletop or on your mobile devices. Today, we're going to be talking about something very special. The world of gaming has evolved from small blocks to polygons and now in 8K and VR worlds. Today, we are discussing the love letter we've experienced between the physical game pieces and our marquee topic, tabletop and technology. Ooh. I, I, thought you, I thought you said smallpox. I was like, no, oh my tabletop gosh. and tech. All right, tabletop we're talking about smallpox today. When you tabletop said small blocks, and technology, I was like, not smallpox. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, well, I did not write that. <laughs> smallpox was was almost eradicated by technology thanks to the use of vaccines and medicine. I thought you were going nice, to say D and D cured nice, the nice. world of and smallpox. Family got closer together. And then with we tabletop. invented D and D. It's all coming together. We can only invent D&D once smallpox was eradicated. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Anyway, let's uh, let's get to it and introduce our hosts. I am Caitlin. I'm Tom. I'm Corey. And I am Josh. And this episode is brought to you in part by the members of the Nerd On Nation that is, brought to, that is powered by Patreon. Patreon! <laughs> Whoa! And, and, and brought to you by. And yeah. it's brought to you by Patreon. Uh, as a member of the Nerd On Nation, you do get fun perks, like you get uh, early access to these episodes. You get bonus episodes that nobody else hears. You get discounts on merch. You get access to secret channels on our Discord server, where you, <laughs> as Nerd On Nation members, get access to us directly. And you get what we call a Nerd On Nudge on our we- other weekly show, the Nerd On Update, in which TM. we answer your questions first. So, uh, yeah, check that out. Do consider joining the Nerd On Nation because it does allow us to grow, to keep uh, creating content at high quality because that's what you deserve, high quality content. Uh, So check that out, nerdon.tv backslash Patreon. And check out that Discord, nerdon.tv backslash Discord. And a huge shout out to our partners, Apogee who equipped us with these uh, hype mics. They're a wonderful microphone, uh, very versatile. Some say they're the number one podcasting microphone. And then explosions happen after you say yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some people say that. Do uh, refer to our live show recording in which that reference will make sense. Uh, but uh, check out Apogee. The hype mic is a wonderful microphone, very versatile. You can use it on a mobile device. You can use it on Mac. You can use it on PC, streaming, Zoom, all over the place you can use it, and uh, it sounds good. I like it. It's good stuff. And like uh, Odyssey headphones, uh, we are using the LCD ones. Uh, wonderful, comfortable. Check them out. And as they have officially accepted, if your ears were mouths, <laughs> they taste like butter. So yes. they're good stuff. Uh, yeah. Josh, since we're speaking of gaming today, you also have their other headphones, which, you, yes, which you're yes. a big fan uh, of. Actually, correct? I have them with me. Just a second. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just thought this was an appreciate time to talk about them. Breaking news. I'm breaking news, I'm breaking news everyone. They, um, they create these wonderful headphones called the Mobius. Now the Mobius, yes, they can be used as gaming headset, but they are also 7.1 headphones that I may or may not use to mix surround sound uh, short films. So that's been fun. 
And uh, they also have a new product coming out called Penrose uh, that is specific to PlayStation and Xbox um, that has a sure microphone in it. It's pretty dope. Wow. Um, But I know that they're in the middle of release of that. So check them out, Odyssey Headphones. Um, And be sure to go onto our website and check out all of our other uh, partners. Uh, We do have a page on our website that has all of the places that you can go to shop and support us and we're in the holiday season so probably a perfect time to do that uh things you know, like we're gonna Comixology, be shopping anyway new egg uh amazon um hostgator if you want to start a website blueberry if you want to start a podcast you know check it out uh and only fans if you want to start that nope Little nope. known fact, maybe, we are partners with OnlyFans. We don't uh, have an affiliate link for that, Tom. <laughs> Yet. Hey. Yet. Give the Get people on it, what Tom. they want. It's just <laughs> pictures of Corey's nipple. That's it. OnlyFans.com <laughs> slash tall, dark, not ugly. Yes. Uh, but yeah, that is the housekeeping. Shall we get on to this conversation? Yeah. We should. Yeah, I think so. I Probably. Um, just for everyone's listening, there is no guess that grump. Uh, there is no qualm section. There is no rating section. This yeah. is just, um, just, just a, uh, a shooting chat. Shoot in the shoot. Yeah, shoot in chit chat. Um, so I think it'd be smart if we all went round robin and kind of just talked briefly, briefly, because we do have other topics to go hit through. But briefly, mm-hmm. of kind of their experiences of you know tabletop gaming. And then also technology. We kind of did with our Tree of Nerdom in episode one. But mm-hmm. um, I think it'd be kind of cool to do a little refresher and primer um, for everyone. So, uh, Corey, you want to start us off? Yeah, I'll start us off. Um, for me, I grew up in a very, like, game-centric household. So, like, w- once a night or once at least once a week, my my mom and dad, we would do some sort of board game night. And it wasn't like anything crazy, but it would be games like Sequence, or we would play Dominoes, or or like Go Fish, or something. Something that just made us all come together to connect after dinner. Um, with that, uh, I kind of moved towards video games as I got older, um, as most teenage boys do. You know, you hit 11 or 12. Uh, I, when I was growing up, I had had... I had had? I had. Had had. I had Uh-oh. had. I've had it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, I had <laughs> a Nintendo, girl. A, super, a Super Nintendo uh, and that I would play at night, you know, for a little bit here and there. But as I got older, I got into more intricate games that weren't, you know, just that level bit. Like I do a level or two in Star Fox. I'd be like, that was great. Good night. Uh, and then I started getting into these really story driven games as I got older. I got an Xbox and I got a GameCube, like that kind of stuff. Um, and then uh, when I started. Um, dating my now wife, her uncle and her aunt shout out to your now wife are the first people who really introduced me to like RPG type of games, tabletop games. And mm. they did so with a game called Shadows Over Camelot. Mm-hmm. How old were you when this introduction happened? Like 19 or 20. Um and I like instantly fell in love with it. It was I was like, I didn't know you could do this in a board game. <laughs> it's not just go fish. I don't have to just match cards. Like I'm making intricate logical decisions. Uh, and the only game I had played besides that was like Magic the Gathering, which is just a little different mm-hmm. uh, than these like expansive tabletop games like D&D and stuff like that. Um, so I was like learning that I could apply the things I learned to magic to a much larger scale of of people, you know, before I would do like one-on-one duels, maybe, maybe four people with Magic the Gathering. But now I'm sitting at a table with with eight people and we're all making 
decisions on how to save Camelot. Um, and it just kind of was like a rabbit hole from there where I was like, these are what I love. I started playing games like Arkham, uh, Arkham Horrors, Arkham Asylum, Arkham, not Arkham Asylum, Arkham Horrors, uh, and House on Haunted Hill, um, which, which just kind of dives even deeper into that where you have the mechanic of one person is a, is the game playing against a team of, of people. Um, we'll, we'll go into the evolution of it as well, but, um, yeah, so that's, that, that was like my entryway into it all. And it's just been downhill from there. (laughs) Kaylin, you, you've actually, uh, are probably one of the longer like running players who's played D and D for a really long time. Um, how, how does your origin and also entry go? My, my origin story for D and D. Well, also just, you know, tabletop and technology too. Yeah. Um, so I've been playing the video games ever since I was little. Um, uh, I, I feel like video games and tabletop games are inextricably linked. Um, especially because I was playing, like Corey mm-hmm. said, like a lot of story driven games, a lot of Final Fantasy. Um, yeah. and that's pretty, that's, I mean, that's basically like a predestined D&D story. It's very long, takes a really long time to get yeah. through. You're really getting invested in all of the characters, except or like you're any MMO. Characters. You're like, oh yeah. oh yeah, this is what I want. Yeah. Um, so I don't remember what age I was, um, but I remember, remember. friends from <laughs> high school and I like got to sit in on a game, but it was the, it was, it was one of those games where like everybody was older than me and like getting drunk and being like crazy with their decisions. And then, AKA um, the cool kids. The the cool kid, yeah, I was AKA, hanging out with the. I was when the we're young and impressionable. Those kid. are the cool kids. <laughs> I was the wallflower quiet kid who was just like watching all of this happen, being like, "What is going on?" Um, but then I got into like live action role playing, and then that had its own set of rules. And then I was like <laughs> bouncing around different campaigns. I had started a couple, but none of them like really lasted a super long time. Um, but I I was like in a a one shot Star Trek one and that was like the first time I remember being like wow this can be a really immersive experience and the only thing was that like one person was wearing like the the um the comms badge the little thing the little yeah. yeah the little thing and then they had like ten hours of the ship noise on loop on a YouTube video in the wow. background yeah. um, oh my gosh no wait. Uh, there was another, oh, well, that was before the one that was even more, um, like immersive because when I came to California and, um, I think it was KG, um, my bud KG Tang was running a campaign. Shout out to KG Tang. Um, and he was, it was, I think it was a Pathfinder campaign. Um, cause most of what I had done beforehand was like D and D, but this one was Pathfinder. And so I was like Skyping in from Indiana into this, but the, like the whole group was voice actors. Well, so what is, what is the difference between like a D and D and a Pathfinder or a Warhammer? I mean, they're pretty similar. Not too much. There's not, not a lot. Too much <laughs> it, it's literally like, uh, man, at least from my it's not experience, that Xbox, <laughs> Xbox and PlayStation, like they're you play Don't games on both of them. Don't say that in front of Corey. Don't I know say that in they, front of Corey. What did I do? Both they're both consoles. Like gonna you're gonna well, have a good military time on either one with one of them, and not you, the other one. You basically just have brand have a, loyalty, and there are differences that you like. I just like it. the controllers. That's all. Yeah. See, the, I don't know why I turned you into muscle man. Which either. I, which I, which I would agree with that I like the D and D character sheets better than the Pathfinder character sheets. It's, Same thing. Xbox, PlayStation. I just like the controllers. The games themselves are great. 
Yeah, it, it's really just like the finer points of like you can like things about one thing, yeah. one system over another. That's really the differences. It's like your personal preference. Um, but the the like that campaign running with him, I can't even remember much about it um, other than how like real it all felt because KG would have um, uh, either people in the campaign voice like monsters that we were facing and had specific taunts for all of us in character voices and like there were like sound effects going on. It's, it was just like, it was your own Matt Mercer. Yeah, basically I got lucked out pretty hard. KG's a great DM. Um, but, but that like over time I was realizing how much more and more immersive a story could be. Um, and how it was kind of on par, if not better than a video game, because you're dictating all the choices. Um, and no one knows how it's going to go. So it's also like an improv game. Um, so, yeah, I I love it. <laughs> yeah, John, it's like... Um, how about you, Tom? You get to make the game rules as you go, which is kind of nice. You, you're not, dic- yeah, you're you, not dictated by a button layout or whatever. You have yeah. like a guide to try anything. you can follow that are kind of like their guidelines. Right. Like D&D and, has its handbook. Uh, Savage Worlds has its handbook and stuff like that. They that was actually the first one I ever attempted with Savage Worlds. But Woo, baby. <laughs> I think the D&D and I were just too young to like figure it out. Like we were, D- we were. D&D and you, the relationship between the two of you. Sorry, the Dungeon Master, DM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me drink some more coffee. The D&D okay. and I haven't uh, been jo- fixed things yet. You, we, we all have a running... Uh, no, it was definitely... Um, video games came first, um, definitely. Um, I wasn't introduced to any form of tabletop in the sense that we're talking about it until probably high school. Um, so video games like... And I was way into like RPGs. I mean, one of the first ones was like Legend of Zelda on like Super Nintendo, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then it became the long form ones like Final Fantasy VII, eight, blah, 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 all the way on in PlayStation. Um, so the RPG concept was not way outside the realm of possibility in my brain. I already kind of like, you know, certain Understood. roles within a group, that kind of thing, mage healer tanky characters you know that kind of thing um the only other tabletop i'm gonna kind of i'm gonna uh include this just because i it's what experience i had was card games my family had like we would oh yeah on family nights we would um when there were family nights there it would tend to be like card games one specifically was a, a card game called hand and foot which that's pretty much all we ever played. It was just like six decks, six decks of cards, and it's this long form game, and it's it was a lot of fun. I remember, um, but that's what my family played. But when it came to tabletop, it was like, yeah, it was. I think it was, I was like a freshman or sophomore. I don't really remember. I had a friend, uh, my best friend Josh, and his family were into games like D and D. Magic the Gathering. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would play like Axis and Allies with them. Th- those kinds of things where it's like long form. Fucking games. nerds. Huh? <laughs> so they were fucking nerds. Yeah, yeah. they were fucking nerds. So, um, yes. And they introduced me to this world. Um, but, you know, that was kind of the extent of it. I didn't have any sort of, I didn't have any more people that were into that kind of thing until, honestly, you guys. Um, well, kind of, I mean, 
pre-nerd on, I was part of a Savage World campaign based on um, Beyond the Mountains of Madness um, with a, at that time, was a friend of mine. Um, and that went on for months and months and months. Um, but then we got together, started working together, uh, for nerd with nerd on yeah. and started playing things like Zombicide or, uh, Outpost, the thing. <laughs> Outpost 31, yeah. uh, those kinds <laughs> of games right and then Magic the Gathering and that kind of thing. So, I mean, it's, it's more of a recent thing really, cause Back mm-hmm. in the day, in like high school, I played like a couple of games of Magic: The Gathering, and like the intention was to have a long form campaign of D anD D. But we were in high school, you know. As right. you get further into the years, it's like you don't have time for that. You have extracurricular activities and that kind of thing, and it just kind of fell to the wayside. So, but they now finally it's just, bring uh, the game back to you, and you're like, "What's this?" Because yeah. you were too busy being Jack. <laughs> yeah. What year is it? <laughs> what what was huh? it? Jumanji. Huh? Uh, um, yeah. What about for, you, Tom? For me, for me, uh, anyone remember Candyland? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I feel like Candyland was like my first like real competitive. Like, okay. Does anyone so, remember one of the largest board games of all time? Does oh, anyone yeah. remember? We remember? As kind of a side <laughs> note, can we? Do you guys whenever, remember TV? <laughs> whenever the world is different and we can hang out, can we play Candyland first? No, Caitlin. <laughs> no. You know what happened? Okay, everyone, no, everyone listening right now. I'm telling you, this is Tom. I'm telling chance. you, Pet Borisuth, right now, telling you that. Caitlin, before this whole shebang of a shutdown happened, she was like, I want to play Pandemic. And I was like, you know what, Caitlin? You played yourself. DJ Khaled, I'm congratulations. I'm sorry, I wanted play, to play a yourself. fun board game with my friends. And so now she's going to be like, I want to play Candyland. The whole world's going to be chocolate. And, that sounds and awesome. If that's the case, I am that. so in. Let's Everyone's going to have diabetes. Oh my God, yes. Okay, Corey said yes. Josh, anyway. just say yes, then we'll we'll win. Tom, by, uh, we wouldn't have diabetes. Yeah. We would turn into peppermint yes. men and gumdrop ladies, and then cannibalism and... would be easier. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so seventy-five uh, percent vote out of this group, so uh, we're doing <laughs> right. it. Just so you know, um, just everyone knows that I I was John Malkovich in Bird Box. Like this is a mistake, and then everyone died. Um, so in that uh, case, let's play Monopoly and just own property in real okay. life. Okay. So so for me, <laughs> uh, Monopoly. Ta- tabletop games definitely came first. I remember kindergarten was a blur. Kindergarten was screaming pandemonium <laughs> stickiness. For most, we starting all the way back to. Yeah, for me, this is like the origin for me. And I remember at first I was a twinkle in my dad's eye. I was and playing then, board games then, and then <laughs> they, they were going to get divorced, but then I happened. So, um, but no, um, uh, I remember in oh, kindergarten, like literally most of my time was asking the student, the teacher aide, to draw different nin- teenage mutant ninja turtles. Okay, because um, she could draw really well. Cool. And then playing sorry, a bunch of sorry. And that was like, kind of like my sorry. first lesson of like, oh, How to say you sorry. can sabotage oh. people. <laughs> I would like all... to say one of these days we'll have to play sorry on our stream because uh, me and my buddy Zach Schumann, shout out, and a few other friends, we made our own rules, adult rules to sorry, that, that extra rules. Like if you go around the board, instead of going up to bring it home, you can choose to go around the board a second time and you get a bomb card, which you can drop on some other player on the board unless they're in the safe zone. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I so, suggest we do it. Sound, okay. I want Candyland uh, first. So, sounds like sounds like fuckery with more steps. Yeah, it sounds like. <laughs> it is. Um, it's but, called uh, Sorry. What do you want from me? <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, well, Sorry, and then I think Candyland came into my life because my older sister, Tammy, uh, her and I were playing board games, and I think this was our only way to like kind of connect. 
Um, and I, I hated the game, but then it was like the only one that she'd want to play. Um, and I just remember getting, I hated, was it the, the, the fudge lake or the, the law, the chocolate Ugh. pond. I and hate you, that you, you got called stuck it that you get stuck there. You're done. It's game over. There's oh, no the molasses. You, there, yeah. Like you take one route and then one route will take you there. You're done. You just don't even play anymore. You know, that entire game is chance, right? <sighs> yeah, I know. Um, you're just taking anyways. a card off the top and going two yellows. Yeah. Um, but I'm just saying, if you're if you're going down the molasses, just stop playing. Just stop playing. You've lost. Um, just pro tip, everyone. Um, from someone who's lost a lot. <laughs> um, and then I, you know, you know the little handheld. It was like a game and watch thing. Um, but like, so it was it was all it was Lion King. And pretty much you'd play through the whole movie of Lion King, and all you had to do was like dodge and then jump and pounce. And it was like you know how old games were like really really hard because they were very very like retro um but that's that's where that started and then my dad was like hey this is the game console and it was the nes and it was super mario duck hunt that two for one baby and then i think there was a game uh, i forget i always forget the name of it but it was just like you didn't it wasn't galaga you weren't shooting upwards you were shooting towards the z-axis of the screen and you would rotate star fox no, uh, <laughs> and you would rotate around the screen. Um, but those were those were like kind of the entry levels for me, um, you know. And then it was kind of history from there. But the real kind of meat and potatoes of board games for me uh, was because of uh, the dude. I keep bringing him up, Curtis the Phelps, dude? who oh. <laughs> who who keeps who who I will always say as like my totem pole, my milestone of like, hey, it's okay to like what you like and fucking like it proud. Um, and he was the one that got me to go to comic book stores, buy board games, be into like all this stupid shit. Um, and, uh, he introduced me to risk. And so as you can tell, um, my formative years of board games was just combative. It was just, just that, that kill makes a lot of sense, make strategies, yeah. fuck this people is me, up. Not surprised. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Like, you know, learning strategies. And then so it later on became like, cool, we'll play that. And then Axis of Allies. And then it came like, we ended up buying all the Risk games after Curtis, oh. like, peaced out, went to the military. Then all my friends, we all getting all the Risk games. And then out of nowhere, Seven Carded Samurai, which we've played before on stream. Oh, yeah. Came into the yeah, it's and I was very like, fun. Oh, so you don't have to just kill each other. You can kind of, and then, like, that became my, like, you when I. You can just have friends. Well, you do screw each other over. It's kind of like my entryway into Catan. And I think that's what mm, okay. a lot of people's entryway into board games is, is like Catan, and that also ruins a lot of relationships. But Oh, okay. Um, Maybe not. That's been that. Uh, but uh, has there? I, I think there is a level of where we saw technology and tabletop games kind of combined, you know, with like, tab- like Jackbox, with like the digital Monopoly games, with Magic Arena, Magic the Gathering Arena. Um, what has your guys' experience been like? I mean, it's kind of hard to remember where it all merged together. Because I feel like online play in games changed everything, obviously. But, like, I don't don't know if there's, like, a specific catalyst point that was, like, like, oh, now, you know. For me, it was, like, when they put Monopoly on Xbox. Like that's like that. They put Monopoly on Xbox, and I remember they put like a simplified board game version of Civilization back in like 2007, Civilization Revolution, which was fucking fantastic. It was like Risk essentially. They made it. They just dumbed it down to Risk. Um, yes, on, on, on a game, on Xbox, like a video game. Wow. 
Xbox 360. Yeah, yeah. when I was living in New York, the 2007, 2008. And I was obsessed with that game for a while. It was such a nice thing to put on that was such a different vibe from a first person shooter where you got to like think out your turns and da da da. da. And then, like, in 20, I want to say 2011 or something like that, they put Magic the Gathering duels on the Xbox. Mm-hmm. And me and my buddy Nate, shout out would uh do the two-headed giant on duels because we would we would play duels and then that night that friday night we'd go to the magic shop and play friday night magic with real people um so it was like this weird crossover has been happening for a while but i think i mean especially this year but the couple years prior there's been more and more of that want for board game connection i i want to say at least for me like Things like I found myself downloading like Uno on my 360 to play with buddies online or, you know, joining that D&D campaign a month before the pandemic hit was rough. But then having Zoom to do that, there's like a certain, at least what drove me to board game, like real board games in person was a different connection. You're not just getting dopamine from staring at a screen and like talking to someone online while you're doing all your stuff on your end, right? With a board game, it's all collective. Everyone can see what you're doing. Everyone can, you know, that there's there's tact, there's guile that needs to be uh, implemented while playing a board game with people, whether you're cooperative or not. Um, so it's just a, it uses a different part of your brain, and I'm really excited to see that, especially being stuck at home now, or for people who can't. There, I know plenty of people who physically can't leave their home either for, you know. Uh, physical reasons or allergy reasons. I have a couple of family members who like have to stay indoors due to like just allergies, allergies of the world. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's nice that people like that are, 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 are able to access these types of things that they weren't able to access it, before. It's kind of the rise of accessibility. I think over the past like few yeah. years, yeah. Uh, accessibility has been a, which I'm glad a major focus of several technology companies. Um, but also the, I think it's the rise also of like YouTube, Twitch, that kind of content where people are putting these kinds of things, D&D, board games, even even real magic on the internet in some way, whether it's a video on YouTube or it's a Twitch stream, it's becoming even more accessible and wide, um, spread, widely available. And so... It also grows the interest, I think, of like people not even knowing it's a thing and then being, you know, like browsing through Twitch and being like, oh, what's this? And finding it and that kind of thing. So, I mean, it's, there's a lot I mean, of things that I, I think go into it. We used, I mean, every day now, if, if you don't know how to do something, you go straight to YouTube and then you figure out how it works. YouTube college. YouTube it's, college. It's, it is 100% a thing. But then, like, Twitch is basically the kind of next step of that where it's like not only can you see someone doing the thing that you're interested in, but you Mm -hmm. can also ask them questions as if they're a live help desk Mm -hmm. (laughs) while they're doing that thing that you're interested in. Or vice versa. Or or vice versa. Like, you can ask, and I do that all the time in chats. Like, What do I do? (laughs) uh, How do I do this? Where is this? Can someone look up something really quick? Like, I'm in the middle of this boss fight. Please help. Um, send but, help. let me Google that. For send you. help, please. Um, but like with with doing specifically like D and D online, I felt like even just knowing that I could Skype in to my D and D group 
mm-hmm. was was such a like crazy thing because there's no way I was gonna have enough like on my plan to just sit in like a two to four hour long call. Um and and then Skype made it possible to just like be there almost as if in person. And then you see things like critical role. Mm-hmm. where they're on Twitch, they're playing a game, they're showing how immersive a game like that can be. They, they, you know, it makes you curious about it, and then you have other channels that are explaining it and building their own versions of the game, and um, you have smaller games uh, going on as well. Like, there's just so many and, options and for everything. I think Critical Role gets, obviously, the spotlight for a lot of, like, the, um, I guess, innovation of technology and tabletop game marriage, but... It's also to say, like, they're not the only ones. Oh, um, no. Like, I'm Power Rangers one. Hyperforce is, like, a role-playing game where all the cast members play different Power Rangers, and they do their mm-hmm. own story of Power Rangers. And just to think of, like, obviously, these are, like, big popular names. So, like, there are so many campaigns that you could just find on Twitch of, like, these like, long-form uh, hashtag campaigns. Roll with me. Yeah. I've um, never I, heard that one before at all. Yeah, not at all. It's not like Twitch Caitlin TV would be on it. <laughs> I'm not, I don't play Nara the Drow. Um, not at all. For for me, uh, the the kind of where I experienced the the evolution, I guess, or I guess the combination of the two was like around um, when my friends and I were going to college, and we kind of just ha- like weren't seeing each other that often because you know I was one major, they were another major, one person went to another university, and uh, we started playing this game called Ticket to Ride. Does anyone mm-hmm. know Ticket to Ride? Yes. Um, yeah. Pretty much uh, what it is is pretty much you are a conductor and you want to make yeah. a giant ass route so that your train can go. And whoever has the longest route um, with each route has different points and bonuses and whoever can make the longest one or uh, uh, accumulate the most amount of points after, you know, like all the tracks have been taken up wins. It's like a version of Catan a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it, we would just have this group thread and we would, the group thread turned into, you know, like it went from like, Hey, how's it going, everyone? Blah, blah, blah. This is us doing that. We should all meet up. Two, hey, it's your turn. Hey, it's your turn. Hey, it's your turn. <laughs> um, because we were just playing those games. Um, and then we ended up turning into Lords of Waterdeep. Um, but I think to Josh, what Josh was saying, like, um, me and my friends from up north in Sacramento, we would play, like, you know how some people were like, oh, we're going to save up the money and go buy a booze or whatever, go out, you know, to the clubs. We would, like, save up money to go to the board game at a local comic book store and buy a board game mm-hmm. and then bring it home. Um, and uh, it was because of things like Will Wheaton and, you know, a uh, friend of the show, Becca Scott, um, doing these like, hey, how to play this game and these playthroughs um, that we were like, okay, we got this game, you know, or we saw this game being played and it was really interesting, so let's get this game. And then it's like, how do we play the game? Because there's always that like, buy the game and then two hours of just like, Figuring right, out how, how the game works. How do we actually play the game? How do we the play this? Were? Because sometimes Will Wheaton did like house rules and they would change Will stuff Wheaton. up. Will, Will Wheaton. Um, Tom, you got me hooked on that channel for a while. It's great. Um, yeah. Geek and Sundry, uh, Tabletop, and then um, How to Play the Game uh, The game with Becca Sky is great. Um, also, uh, I just started, thanks to a, a fellow uh, D&Der in my campaign, Morgan. Uh, she turned, turned me on to join the party. Which mm. is a audio only drama uh, drama D and D campaign. It's really good. Oh. I've actually learned a lot about playing from that more so than I have from Critical Role or anything like that. I was going to say the nice. actual yeah. Um, and and I think also I think to Josh's point, like D and D has gotten so popular, and I think it's because celebrities like 
Vin Diesel, obviously, but Joe Meganello has like oh my God, a company I know. called Death Saves. It's literally just like D&D inspired clothing and apparel. It's so and metal. Like, wow. Um, <laughs> so metal. But uh, I think I mean, one thing I wanted to bring up because we were talking about like, you know, Monopoly, like you have games like, well, I mean, real quick. Board games on video, on like consoles have gotten so good too. Like mm-hmm. it, where it makes it almost like even more of an exciting experience. Like the Monopoly for Switch, like we've played it on stream. A lot of fun. It's fantastic. And yeah. it looks great. And you're like, wow. Also this unique is- board games. What was that one we played, Tom? Where are your ninjas? Uh, f- t- tiny Silent Fingers. Yeah, silent <laughs> fingers. So, so, something fingers. Like it's there's light, a great, fingers. There, I think there's this great boom of people taking that concept of porting board games, classic mm-hmm. board games to consoles and going, oh, we could make our own game out of this. Light fingers? Um, light fingers. Light fingers? Light fingers? Light, light, light yeah. fingers. Yeah. Light fingers. Yeah. 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 Um, but I said tiny silent But also fingers. things like Jackbox. <laughs> that like, yeah. Which sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, Jackbox is, is, is a great, I mean, that, that's, uh, like a, a really interesting marriage because you don't, don't know Jack has always been a computer game mm-hmm. or started as a computer game. But then the Jackbox party has like included Fibbage, which also wasn't always a computer game. So it's like, it's, it's, it's a really cool era to be. The, the thing I, I like, I like, I like about Jackbox. And I remember I was like, I, you know, I, in my mind, I felt like I was an early adopter. But I could have been way behind, right? <laughs> I felt like it was so brand new, so novel because I, I had when I, it was. Well, when you I was were an pe- early adopter once the Switch came out, which I think was it had been on Apple TV for a while. I was I was the adopter for Apple TV. Oh, okay. Because um, I didn't do it this, till Switch. This was like in 2015, maybe it was after I had just finished working on a commercial, um, and the producer invited you know everyone to hang out after the wrap. And we all had pizza and booze, and and he's like, "Let's play Jackbox." And I'm like, "What is Jackbox?" Oh, he's like, "Bust out your phone." And I was like, <laughs> "What do you mean, bust out my phone?" That's what you get from that. And oh, sorry. And we played uh, murder trivia, and oh. it was. I, I remember ones. like it was. And that's the thing I really loved about it. It was the same feeling that Core was talking about of like playing a board game with people physically in front of you and interfacing with them, but also the digital stimulus. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like I. There was two moments in LA that I felt like, oh my God, this is really cool. It was this game. And then when I played for the first time with Corey, uh, uh, One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Um, yeah. And so those kind of things where there is a little bit of digital interaction is like crazy. But then you still get all the emotions from everyone around you. Um, and I think there is some kind of energy and feeling that you get from it. But like, I, I, I've been. Uh, yeah, exactly. So if you're watching the video, you can see uh, Corey bring it out. Um, but I, I, I love Jackbox. And even though now they just become like, well, here's another thirty dollar version. I'm like, oh my god, it's kind of like those. Course. Now that's what we call music number forty eight. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, Except it's way more expensive. Like the now I call music, we're always like eighteen ninety nine. This is like thirty forty bucks. And you're like, dude, well, you're just giving now, me polished versions of the games you had before. To take it a step further, where as far as like marriage between board games and video games goes. Uh, Larian Studios, Tom knows about this. Y'all know about this. I've been playing it. Uh, has taken that a step further for RPGs. So before, when you'd play something like World of Warcraft, all the roles, all the everything was done behind the scenes. So like it was all percentages. Oh, you have like a twenty-five percent chance to crit. Everything would be done in the numbers behind the scenes like while you're game. fighting. Yeah. 
Uh, Larian Studios has now come out with an early access version of Baldur's Gate 3, mm. which actually during conversations has you roll dice to see whether you succeed or fail on persuasion, intimidation, you know, performance, that kind of stuff, uh, and has oh. you roll on on certain things throughout the world. So you could be walking along, and all of a sudden you'll see this dice appear over your character's head, and it'll roll. And if it goes success, suddenly a trap door will appear. So you, you've you've perceived that there's your perception checked, or it'll say failed, and you just stand still and go shit, 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 shit. What was that? What did I miss? How did I get this? What do I do? I gotta leave. Um, so it, it's been a really cool experience. They're adding more and more. <clears throat> As they go along, there's a big update coming out, actually, that's the biggest one they've had since the release in October. It's going to break saves. They're implementing so much change. They're like, look, your old saves will not be compatible with this new update. Um, But they're adding new classes eventually, like Paladin, stuff like that. Um, But it's wonderful. I've been playing it since it came out in October, end of October. uh, And it's such a cool experience. I'm glad I played D&D first before I played this. So if anyone's interested, highly recommend like even a one shot first. Well, I mean, Baldur's uh, Gate one and two was something that I like back in the day was something that mm-hmm. I, would, I would play. Because I played Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate two, uh, and I've played uh, Divinity: Original Sin, which Larian Studios made that as well. And this just takes everything a step further. So like, it is the perfect scratch to an itch that is D and D. Like I wish I could play D and D right now, but every it's two a.m. <laughs> I can't call anybody about it. You're recording together. with us, and that's awkward. <laughs> I, so, like, <laughs> exactly. So, like, it, it's the perfect, like, oh, well, I'll just go on Baldur's Gate 3, get my party together, and we'll go adventure. I, um, I, I heard about Baldur's Gate 3 coming out from uh, my boy Isaac. Shout uh, out. Who listens to the show, and he was saying, like, yeah, and Kaylin, I think you'd like this, where it's like, if there's like a chasm between you and this door, you know, typically you okay roll for athletics to jump over it. But if your character already has like teleportation, you just go over there and oh yeah, yeah. And so it's kind Dimension of things where it's like, door, eh? yeah, where you can just like you know you. Those are the things where for everyone who's listening who has not played like a role playing game like that, those are kind of the liberties that you know. Sometimes it's the equivalent of a video game where Spider Man can't go beyond Manhattan because there's an invisible wall. Like in in these role playing games that even are done digitally, you could choose to carry a dead body and throw it over a wall if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like those are things that you you have the ability to do. You're also allowed in Larry in Bowlers Gate Three. You can attack anybody, anybody yeah. in the world. If there's a person there, you can kill but them if you want. The oh, responsibility no. and consequences are very real. Like doesn't yes. mean you won't start a town riot and they'll come after you and kill you. Oh yeah. And and how the the like abilities that you have, you can literally use them however you want. Um, yeah. As long as you get the spell slots, baby. As long as you got the spell slots, which, and there, there is a bit of a learning curve. And, and I under, I kind of, that's something I kind of want to talk about too, is like why D and D online is so popular because I feel like it's really hard to get together a group of people to play D and D like, once you finally get that like solid crew, you might play a campaign for multiple years. Like if I can, if I can interject more. for just a second, my old Magic the Gathering uh, comic book shop still open, Blue Moon Comics in Marin County. Uh, they had one of the old owners. <clears throat> every Sunday night, they would close for a D and D campaign that they they'd been playing for thirty to thirty five years. The same campaign. Oh uh, so like this is a this is a thing, y'all. It's a this thing. Is, if you get guys. that solid group. It's, it'll never it's literally the whole life. It's the nowadays version of the cigars and poker, you know. It's, yeah. Um, but it's not, you know, 
geared towards a specific gender, which one was. Um, but like the thing that I really like, you know, we're talking about D and D and kind of like the tabletop into digital, but kind of like the reversal that I also kind of experienced was like mm-hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh. And oh. it was like, obviously of course, like there's a TV show and then here's the toy to sell the game. But then there was this weird kind of back and forth that would happen of like, here's the new digital game. And then here are three cards that are not in booster packs. And so there was this like conversation. The downside. You're talking about the downside of. Is it the downside for me? Yeah. Okay. Maybe it is a downside <clears throat> in terms of the overall holistic look. But like for I have me as a to say consumer, about that when you're done. Go ahead. Yeah. As me as a consumer, I was just like, I want to buy it. It maybe it was like the equivalent of like going to watch the new Pokemon movie so I can get ancient Mew. Right. So it's you like. You made me punch the mic, Tom. That's how I am. You <laughs> <laughs> feel so strongly. Um, but then there has been like this kind of like evolution of you know, third-party games. I think there is an interesting thing, like, the same thing kind of happened with Witcher, right? Where Gwent became, like, its own game. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting to see, like, and, and that's just a typical, like, here's a card game. Like, within a game, they spawned something that spiraled into a giant other monster, which was, like, I think is really cool. Well, before that, you had the, the, um, the game in Final Fantasy VIII that was a card mm-hmm. game. Even before Witcher of, like, that it became something that could be another or Knights of the Old Republic. You had Pazak, yeah, which was a card game within that. Game which I wish a game within a game within a game. I spent so much time Life. playing Pazak and Knights of the Old Republic just to make shit tons of money. It's basically blackjack in Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> blackjack Star Wars. Uh, and- the downside I wanted to talk about. Oh, Josh, go ahead. Oh, I was just. It, it just made me spawn of like you know people playing, uh, you know, uh, like lock Las Vegas card games online and winning actual money of like oh yeah oh yeah of how the marriage of technology really is and i'm seeing people stream that that i was like fallout "Mm -hmm." new vegas is amazing because you can go play you can win the house anyway uh so the downside i want to talk to about has been going on for a while and it's kind of i don't i'm glad it didn't really catch on um but it's starting to come back with magic the gathering arena and i'm not thrilled super stoked about it um because it's it's a it is just kind of like a well you better buy all our products or you're never going to get the full experience. Uh, oh. They did it with World of Warcraft for a while. World of Warcraft had a trading card game, and there were mounts that you could only get mm. by opening oh. them up within the card game. Mm. And so now people use that. They don't make them anymore, and so people still have them, and they're selling them for like millions of gold in World of Warcraft. And it's yeah, just like, right. why it would you do that this? Currency. Um, Magic the Gathering Arena started to do the same thing with a secret layer. If you buy their secret layer product, you get a code for those cards in the game or a sleeve or something like that. Um, something that makes you stand out as a better player or consumer. I, it's I the think, Book of Eli, baby. Book of I Eli. I think companies, there's, there's this kind of, with all of this, there's this like discovery of how consumers deal with paywalls. Mm-hmm. And and that is a prime example of like you can't paywall things in what is supposed to be this open, all welcoming world. Yeah, for people who can't access that, like yeah, in, and it's all. I mean, here's the thing: it is all cosmetic, right? Yeah, so it's not like I'm getting like booster cards for Battlefront Two, Star Wars. But man, Battlefront you really want to look cool. <laughs> but having yeah, having said that, there's there's certain things like I have no problem with you giving away. Let's say they did a cosmetic land um, set that if you entered their open, they're basically their online competition. You got 
these lands. And that made sense to me because I was like, okay, so you're buying into a competition to try to win. Thanks for buying into the competition. Here's some lands just in case you lose. Like eh, there's only gonna be one person. Consolation prize. Yeah. Um, But for me, like buying, having to buy the physical product to get the digital cosmetic, there's some disconnect there that doesn't sit well with me. And I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of it. The first one they came out with, I thought it was a one-off. So I was like, oh, I'll do this. And I sold the land, the the physical thing online, but then the more it, it caught on, those became less valuable than like it just became this it, weird it's it reminds what me happens of that, with the like, sneaker community. I forget yeah. what product it was, but there was a product that came out a few years ago. No, it was just a product that we used, like something like Doritos or something like that, or Red Bull or mm-hmm. Monster, where it's like if you bought a can, you would get in game credits. Right. That you could put mm-hmm. in this code and then you get in game yeah. credits. You get double like, XP like, for um, Call of Duty or whatever. I mean, yeah. there, I don't, I don't think you're a minority, Corey, because, um, and I don't think it's typically purely for cosmetics because uh, I've been recently watching a lot of Completionist, mm-hmm. um, and he legit has OCD about completing things. That's his um, name. And so yeah, it's tough completionist. that there are people who are compelled, literally like psycho- psychologically compelled to find completion within things, or else they feel like they haven't finished it. Um, and he has to go to bed with a lot of feelings of like, this game is not meant to be completed. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, so let's talk about like, this is a little bit off topic of tabletop and technology, but it'll be the last of it. It was like m- the Mew in the Pokemon Plus ball yeah. is only available with the Pokemon Plus ball. So how mm-hmm. the hell are you like, and that's the thing, it's, it's, it's a conversation of accessibility. Of like, like, can you collect them all? Yeah, um, there's another YouTuber, PokeTuber, I guess, I watch who um, talked about like, Getting legendaries and also getting the shiny legendaries to have it into your living decks, which is a system that Nintendo has created for Pokemon, is become so much of a chore. Because there is no real way to get it unless you're on top of it all the time. And there is this level of complicit consumerism that we sign away just by like kind of like saying like, okay, yeah, if I just, you know, check in and log on every day and then I go to the events and all that stuff. But there are certain events that are only region locked to Japan. There are certain Mm -hmm. events that are locked to like, GameStop. And what about the countries that don't have GameStop? Yeah. You know, like, what do you do then? Um, so there is this, it's like, maybe you make a friend and over the internet. That, like, that Black Friday consumerism, like, lineup, like, it becomes, yeah. it becomes like a chaotic event of, of like, this is the release date and that kind of thing. And, and yeah. I think that that's kind of like, there is a purpose for both of like, the nice thing about having tabletop board games, you know, front, human interfaces the the experience is kind of like you can't be replaced but then have it combined with video games like then you get all the the you know the 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 cons of video games of like here are all the gotcha mechanics um but i i wanted to bring up one one part of this conversation but before we do uh shout out mm-hmm. to mario party i you know we, oh, no. we played that so much that it's like Corey. totally forgot about that like that's what such I played fun... it the same as you, same controller, everything. <laughs> I'll never get it. Um, look, 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 look. I get mad at the game. I don't get mad at Corey because <laughs> it likes Corey. Corey. And I can't, Corey is using the exact same controller. He might be better at the mini games than we are because he's played it more. But that doesn't account for the fact that the Arm game Jesus. wants to just give him a star for no fucking reason. <laughs> I'm like, oh. arguing this to the day I die. I had more stars with you without those. I could have given you those stars and I'd still <laughs> well, beat you. I think it was okay, look. Okay, <laughs> you were winning. That's what I is, don't like. You were winning. That was fine. I'm okay. I'm defensive to lose. now. 
<laughs> I'm okay to lose, but it's the insult. I defensive because I'm you know? an honorable it's the, player. <laughs> it's, the bil- it's the billionaire who's like, I could buy 50 Ferraris. I wouldn't even see it. I wouldn't even know the difference. I get it. I get it, Corey. I get it. You're the. Top you made 1%. me say it, Tom. <laughs> um, I don't want to the, say these things. Make the and break friendships. That's what these our, games do. The next part of our conversation that I think is ap- appropriate for the time is like, is now where we're in mm-hmm. like in a pandemic and being like being forced into a circumstance in which we we have to maintain distance or we have to re- maintain a digital um space for game nights and stuff like yeah. that like i think the i mean like zoom for instance zoom has been around for a long time but with the pandemic it was like hey have you heard of this zoom thing and mm-hmm. now it's like people can have game nights like i've had yeah. several game nights and I'm sure, Corey, I'm sure you have. I mean, people are able to have campaigns and people can, you know, it's... I'm grateful that nowadays we, technology has allowed this kind of world to continue in in the digital, in the digital space and still keep people together, so to speak. Yeah. No, and I mean, it's been, it's been... Uh... The main way I've played D anD D has been online. I yeah. I played it only in person like three times, and then the rest of the time it's been this because of where we are. Um, and I think it's actually brought a lot of people who wouldn't typically play that into the fold because they're looking for human connection that they don't get through binging TV shows or you know posting on Facebook or Instagram or whatever it may be. Um, you know, I, I definitely have found that. There's there's people who are more willing to be like yeah actually that I I would love to try that who before the pandemic would have been like ah D and D's on my scene, um so I think it's it's kind of cool that it's and it's also I mean we've we've haven't addressed the fact that I think it's because it's been the norm for so long that D and D is like cool now board games are are the cool Very. hip thing to to be into like oh you like it's cool video to games. back yeah, the well, new I play, star. I, I play board games <laughs> I, I i would you know we talked it didn't about used how, to be that way we talked about how no, the celebrities kind of like help make it grow big but i i i i have to give credit even though i i i don't appreciate all of its forms but stranger things really helped it kick off oh yeah for a lot of people i think at I least D, but yeah the nerd i mean as we know nerd culture has been on the rise for the on last the like 10 years but D in particular i think it gave it that level of like these kids can play, I can mm-hmm. play. You know what is a demogorgon? I want to know what this thing is. You know, yeah. I want to know what a mind flare is, even though they never really do. In the show. Anyways, but like, uh, yeah, it's association, I, I, Tom. Yeah, I know. Um, I but yeah, I think it's like, on, it has a lot of entry level. Yeah, I, I want to comment on that specifically because WoW were was like tabletop, not entry level before. No. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like I'm sure well, D and D five E especially changed that. Even before five well, E, it was pretty difficult I, to get I'm started. I'm talking about pre D and D. Oh yeah, like pre D pre D because uh, like I will I will like summarize in the 60s? as quickly as humanly possible. Like before Dungeons and Dragons, before Chainmail, um, which was like Gary Gygax's like um, original yeah. concept for this. Like it was war games. Like mm-hmm. it was just like prompts. Like, yeah, like mm-hmm. that was a whole point of this. And the fact that it's it's gone from just being like my side fights your side and referee says this is how it works. Yeah. Like now we're actually into it was either like, that the or chess, which is a war game as well. Right. <laughs> but 
and just like moving your pieces and yeah. only two people can be involved. And now it's like this community thing. And now, you know, the, the motivations of the characters have come into play. It's like, it's, it's a full on storytelling experience now. And like, they're like, there are versions of D and D that aren't as, you know, you have to fill out the entire sheet. Like, um, Nick from the campaign that I'm in has been developing his own, um, version of the game. That's like even easier entry point for people who'd like, don't really want to do all the combat stuff because sometimes combat can take an hour Forever. to get through. Forever. Forever. And Forever. and like you know, there there's always there's always these developments to make the barrier of entry even lower for anybody who's like curious about it but doesn't want to make an entire, you know, fully fleshed out character sheet where you yeah. have to allocate all of your points and then you have to roll and keep track of all of your stats and oh my god, I forgot about that thing that I have on that buffs my like AC plus two or something. Um, so it, it's cool to see that it's like more widely available for literally everyone. And you yeah. don't have to come in at 19 to 20 to understand all the concepts and be like, Oh, okay. I understand. And all it's, this stuff. you know what they're introducing it in small ways as well. So like obviously wizard of the coast owns magic, the gathering and dungeons and dragons. Um, there is a set, I believe it's either the next one or the one after, where they're doing a uh, collaboration set where where the story of Magic the Gathering is going to the plane where Dungeons & Dragons exists. Um, so it's a crossover. I'm sorry, set. say that one more time. The story of Magic the Gathering is going to the plane where the Dungeons & Dragons stories take place. Now say it slowly and sedately. Say it slowly. <laughs> okay, whisper. Okay. okay, so... <laughs> Uh, no, but like, it, it, I'm very excited for for stuff like that. Like, that's a really cool entry point because, like, that's so cool. Magic, Magic the Gathering is something that when you're younger is easier to get into than D and D. Just straightforward. It is, oh, yeah, a structured a set tactile. of rules. There's there, there's yeah. Rick and Morty stuff right now too with it. It's Rick and too, Morty so, D and D, yeah. So there there yeah, are yeah. things where you know. I think the level of entry for people is also uh, somehow uh, correspondent or uh, uh, not 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 causality, but correlated correlated to um, their level of intrigue. Um, I think it's kind of a, like with any type of hobby is like comic books, video games, uh, anime, uh, superheroes, uh, whatever we want to call it. If your level of intrigue is nowhere near the level of accessibility then, you know, your your likelihood of wanting to go into it is probably not going to, you know, go far. You'll probably be like, all right, I saw it, I get it, and that's it. But if you're, like, really interested and people are talking about it all the time, then mm-hmm. you're like, this can't, like, so many people play it, I it can't be hard to play. And I you just, know, <laughs> I had that type of situation with my mom recently. Uh, she's never seen Lord of the Rings. <gasps> I've, it's been my favorite movie for 20 years. No big deal. But last time I was home, I was telling her about how, I'm getting the 4K edition and I was like, I want to bring it home. I want to show it to you. Da, 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 I talked about it. And I was like, and I said this phrase where it's been my favorite movie for 20 years. And that was when she was like, okay, I'll watch it, which she's never been interested in. But just like, like Tom's saying, like people talking about things in a certain way that they've never heard it either phrased before or in some light that they've never seen it is a really good way to get people and interested at least yeah. and get their toe um, in. I've had friends who have hit me up and say like, have you ever played D&D? And I told them like, I've been playing for a very for a long time. It seems it feels like, but also I'm I am technically new to it, and so I said like, "Hey, let me give you all of the kind of like 
ideas of and worries that you might have because everyone, you know, the mechanics and how do you play and what do I do? Right. And I never played any video games. I never played a board game. Then I'm like, okay, what solitaire? Do you, do you play solitaire? You know, it's My like imagine every possibility. You solitaire. just roll a dice for it. That's all it is. Well, the nice thing is, I think a lot of people think it's intimidating, but you have to remember that's what your GM is there for. It's just a DM is there for. It's, it's there for like you to go, can I do this? And they're going to go, yeah, this is how you can do it. Or no. But you can do this. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. And the more I've relied I, upon that, the more fun I've had. There's one game that I kind of wish I was just talking to um Kurt about this the other day. Shout out, Kurt. Shout out to Kurt, uh Takahata. Um, he is really into Warhammer. And I mm. feel like that's one of those games that if it could find a lower entry point for people, because yeah. there's just so much information. Well, it's also I've been the curious price about point. it, but it's the most expensive game to play. But is that going to be one of those things where, like, maybe there's a digital version? I don't really know about it. But, like, the country you know, club of tabletop the, RPGs. The country club of tabletop mm, RPGs. The you Warhammer have to, today. Oh, yeah, I see you're into Warhammer. <laughs> I mean, there's other Warhammer games. There's, like, computer games like Dawn of War, which is Warhammer 40K. <gasps> Just uh, like, but it's nothing like it's a real time strategy like StarCraft. It's nothing like the the board game itself. But, but that's what I mean, and and I think that's kind of a topic that we were going to get into as well of like the the separation between like the digital version and the in person version. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe Warhammer is a perfect example of that of like the digital version of that is nothing like yeah. The no, and I think the digital version came one. first, and then the tabletop evolved from the real time strategy game. Um, but they're still very different experiences. Oh, they're they're totally. They just have the same name. Yeah. At the, at the time of this recording, and at the time of this comes out, I guarantee you, I still won't have Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Um, but that started out as a tabletop game. That's a pen and pa- oh, paper yeah. game. Yeah. Um, and Josh talked to Stanislav from uh, CD Projekt Red, and he was saying like we really loved the game, and we you know we looked at the old artwork and all that stuff of how Cyberpunk used to be and how it's imagined in this video game space. But for me, even more rudimentary, Pokemon trading card game is is huge again. It's so huge, and I hate it? it. I think it's because of Magic the Gathering and the I crack in the pack thing, and <laughs> I I hate because now like. There's so much hype for it, and like the game is obviously going to continue to grow with the the interest that it has. Mm-hmm. Because right. I remember when I was playing the card game, the like the the trading card. Here's the fucking counters, and here I'm like, what are these things? Oh, little jewels. What are yeah. those? And then playing the Game Boy game. The Game Boy game was so much more streamlined. Of like, here you are, battle these dudes. When you win, you win some po- them boosters, and you make your deck better. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then it like it taught me how to play the game. Properly. Oh, oh, the card game, Game Boy game. I thought you meant the like card the story. Game I was game. like, yeah, the story is way was... better than the card. <laughs> no, the card game game. Um, yeah, got on Game you Boy now. compared to game. the the actual tabletop game. And I I don't know if there's a lot of like, would you guys rather play um, tabletop Monopoly or Switch Monopoly? Tabletop. Tabletop. I, I I think I like the Switch version. Well, you're wrong, but it's fine. It's like it's what it is. What I, it mean, is. I wasn't. I'm just kidding. This wasn't kidding. conversation. <laughs> I like. I like the, the fact that we have been in the same room and played Monopoly, the video game version, <laughs> and having Monopoly I mean, in another room yeah. that we could play. There's We've also played the the table. Haven't we played the Lord of the Rings one? Yeah, yeah, we have played Lord of the Rings. I do oh, like yeah. playing the, the again the the flavors like the Deadpool well, I was just, one. That was also. another thing that I was just about to bring up is that you have. We were talking about crossovers. Oh, you also have like, like behind me, if you're watching the video, like the thing board game or, 
um, Adventure Time Adventure Munchkin. Time Munchkin. Oh, yeah. Like or you have that's another Turtles entry level of interest of like people are like, oh, I like Adventure I mean, Time. Oh, I'm gonna give Munchkin a try. And then it. I'm looking at all my monopolies. I have Ninja Turtle Monopoly. I have Lord of the Rings Monopoly. I have Star Wars Phantom Menace Monopoly. I have a Deadpool Monopoly. All right, nerds. And I have Avengers Monopoly. (laughs) And I have the Beatles Monopoly. (laughs) And I have this one. And I have this one. Like, there's so. I'm obsessed with collecting Monopoly versions. Do you play as George Harrison in the Beatles Monopoly? No, they're, well. they're, you play as like different things from their songs, like a strawberry oh. from yeah, Strawberry Fields or Yellow Submarine, right? Well, um, cool. I was like that with Risk. I had, you know, the Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars I Risk. I have Star Wars Risk, Tom. I had found a, a shout out to Dave Browski. He gave it to me oh, from nice. Goodwill. He's got the whole set. We can and, do it. Uh, I had Transformers Risk, which I have never played, but the pieces are metal. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. okay. You hurt of, somebody with uh, that. <laughs> could shoot of like collecting yes. games. I feel like I have to shout out Gen Con um, because that was my... Explain for people. Gen Con is a tabletop uh, game convention that happens in Indiana every year. It's been Mm. around for a very long time. Um, And that was, I think, one of the the first conventions that I went to and I worked at it for a number of years. Um, But it's all all tabletop games. Like, just hundreds and hundreds of tabletop games. You walk around, there's like... Um, I remember there being, uh, like hundreds just hundreds and hundreds. <laughs> like you come across booths that are just dice, like ah. just fields of dice, and you just would run your hands through it because you're like, shout out oh, to Kraken. Oh, it's beautiful. Also, oh, you shouldn't do that because you know, curse someone's <laughs> um, d twenty. But still, um, like it, it was just so cool. And they have like True Dungeon, which is like a LARPing event where you actually go into like the spaces, like you go into the tavern, you, can find you go your into own the Caitlin cave. Then. That's um, our next when COVID's over, we all go LARPing. Okay, fine. I love it. Let's please. I've never done it. So oh I my god, to. I love it so much. <laughs> I um, love doing that so much. Really, um, really quick, like a brief, like a brief shout out to platforms like, like Patreon. Or Kickstarter or GoFundMe that allows games to come to be, like mm-hmm. on oh, the yeah. side. Like that's a technology thing that I totally forgot about. That it's like that allow that allowed, you don't have to go through publishers. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Anymore like, or sell your game. You can still own the game and publish it yourself and yeah and distribute it. Man, excuse me. I, pickups. I I was I used to write for gadget tech and video game sites for like eight years, and I feel like. Right when that was starting to happen, Indiegogo, Kickstarter, um, all of that, it was almost like um, I made a point because I had to write like three articles a day. I would write two with my Amazon affiliate link, (laughs) and then I would always write one that was like an Indiegogo or a Kickstarter. And like, seriously, I wrote for these sites for a long time. Every day I could find something because I always pick something that like I thought was interesting or cool or actually innovated um, something within the the category that it was in, and every day I could find something new that was actually cool and and would improve the lives of people or gamers or you know anything. So it was so cool to to see what's come of that. And now years later, those companies thriving and making even more things. And there's mm-hmm. still new things that are coming out. So I'm sorry. I'm just getting yeah. really excited. No, about that's that. exactly what this is about. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, the gamut is large. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, I I feel complete. I feel complete. I feel complete. I feel complete. I can complete. I feel like I more. could talk about this for like five yeah, more I mean, hours. It's... But I do feel complete today. 
<laughs> I mean, w- w- let's do like a, a round we'll robin of like a, a favorite t- tabletop board game thing if we have one. Oh, geez. Like your, our favorite game? I already know. Yeah. I already know. Okay, Kaylin, you already know. Go for it. Roll with me. Playing, oh, I see. Playing D&D with, um, with the Roll With Me crew, um, with Connor, Kurt, Bob, and, and Nick. It's... It's a, like, getting to be in a campaign for this long, I've not really experienced the kind of in-depth, like, connection I have to that. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, you you figure out things about yourself in the characters (laughs) that you play. Like, a lot. Corey's laughing because that maybe happened to you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because the, it's, it's a way... For nerdy, introverted people to kind of go out into the world and and tell the story, be more confident, be stronger, whatever they want, because there's no limitation there. And they're only surrounded by people who want to support whatever decision they make. They want to yes and everything that they do. Right. So it's just really cool to like get to explore that and and learn about yourself and about the world and in what should be a safe environment. Hopefully you're if you're playing D&D you're playing with people that support you. Or chill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, 100% roll with me because that's that's like my fam. They're my family. Just like you guys. Except we don't have any cool memories of that. Um, for me, wow, <laughs> wow. Um, for me, um, and as always, you guys know that no, you kidding. know that one video of the 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 two guys arguing about if the the witch from from Wizard of Oz is a princess or not. Yeah, um, it's like she came from a bubble, dude. I have not. Those are those are t- kind of my wears favorite a crown. She's exactly. a princess, bro. Those are kind of my favorite moments because they're just stupid. Like you're arguing about really dumb things. Grow up. Um, and I, I get the most fa- my, my most favorite 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 uh, uh, moment I could think about. Um, it's not my favorite game, but I just loved this moment was playing Secret Hitler with uh, my friends Charlie, Gabe, and mm. Ian, and Raph, and we were just screaming at each other of like, "He's the Hitler! He's the Lizard Man!" <laughs> just like yelling at each other, just like. Guys, if it's like if we do this, we die, we lose, and we, you know, we did all of like the political innuendos of like democracy at battle right now. So, um, when when again, I think to Kalen's point of like when you could kind of spark up feeling alive, yeah, in a way where you're not feeling just so mechanical about things, it's really really fun. Yeah, um, I mean, I've had some really fun times playing werewolf. Mm. Um, Tom gets frustrated because I play on people's emotions in that game, and oh. and then they they totally like yeah he 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 hacks their brain like David Fincher <laughs> hacks your eyes, he hacks your emotions. I mean like you know I should trust Corey. It's like this isn't how it works. <laughs> yeah, and then I use Tom getting angry against him, and then I get people to pick him sometimes. Uh, yeah. Oh and my I'll, god! And I want to be a cool villager. I'll be like the the potato man villager. I'm like dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I would have to say that probably uh, some of the best experiences I've had are either from Zombicide, mm. um, playing crazy fucking Ned, <sighs> yeah, um, and just kind of doing whatever I want, uh, or um, Arkham Horror. Like that mm. is such a, it's a more intricate game, but like the idea and playing either side, either playing like one of the heroes who's trying to figure out the 
the mystery or playing the the board keeper who's sending, you know, Cthulhu monsters or cultists. Oh, oh you know, I have like trap cards and stuff. I spend certain points on to fuck with you guys. Hellhounds. Like it's, 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 I think Arkham Horror, especially shout out to K-Pax. He's the most, most ruthless DM I've ever played with on that. Dude. He is out to kill you, not to give you a good time. <laughs> uh, I think those are the, some of the largest <laughs> most fun loud arguments i've had during a game where he'll do something and i'm like dude are you kidding me we just got him you just hear him giggle or cackle back (laughs) he is not nice to me uh during that game so anyway those are my two i think the most fun playing round us out um i mean any experience that i've had with you guys honestly um there's a lot of the introduction to what i know of tabletop and in a more um detailed uh way has come from nerd on so like yeah nerd on our streams our twitch streams started from instead of starting with recording how about we just hang out and play, play zombicide for a couple of hours before we start recording there was i don't know if we saved it or not but josh y'all were there when i had my mental breakdown playing outpost 31 <laughs> we're like early in the game i was like there's no way to do this we can't oh, do yeah. this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, think I, was, I think I was the thing turn one. I was just like, yeah, oh, man. Um, I was good. like, no, there's no way. I'm, we're like on turn one. I'm thinking 30 turns down the road. I'm like, it's a, we're dead. This, the we're most dead. defeatist chess player. Yeah. In the world. Like, uh, <laughs> it's awful. I, I move my pawn. He, he checkmates me in 10. <laughs> and I was right. We lost big time. Uh, my <laughs> other favorite. Gambit. My other favorite mom, moment in a Corny tabletop backers. setting was playing a Savage World campaign and the DM. Mm. He had this whole battle just laid out in his mind and planned out, and it was going to be great. And all of us rolled really high numbers, and the battle was done like this. And he was like, I had a really elaborate thing going. Yep. But any good DM will go, no, that's fine. It's how it's supposed to go. Like this last (laughs) two weeks ago, was it, Tom? Yeah. Two weeks ago, we were playing this campaign. We shot to Ben Campbell. He's our DM. Uh, And uh, he had this battle set up with a wizard. And I used my misty step to teleport behind him and I grabbed him and I decided at the last second before he's like, is there anything else you want to do on your turn? I was like, yeah, I'll put my hand over his mouth so he can't cast (gasps) spells. And I just held him there as Tom and another player like stabbed him with spears till he died. And Ben was like, well, a wizard with his mouth covered. There's nothing I can do. Uh, And then I think he tried to do like some check on me and I was like, what's the check? And he was like, charisma check. And I was like, oh, I have plus 10 to charisma. And he was like, great. Of course, I choose the one guy <laughs> in the party who has oh, high charisma sucks. to do this check on. So it's, uh, but you know, as a true DM, he goes, no, that was, that's exactly what, that's brilliant. It's what you should do. That's how it goes. You know? Awesome. So uh, it happens. Love it. Awesome. It. This has been an awesome conversation. Uh, everybody at home. This has been an awful conversation. Awful. This has been an <laughs> so awful, awful conversation. Awesome. Awful. Awesome conversation. Awful. Um, oh, I have egos. Everybody at home listening or watching on YouTube, uh, reach out to us and let us know your uh, the, the world of tabletop and technology for yourselves, uh, whether it's social media, uh, nerd on TV, on everything. Or in our Discord. Join that Discord, nerdon.tv backslash Discord. There is a tabletop section to come and continue the conversation. Um, uh, check out the Nerdon Nation, nerdon.tv backslash Patreon. As I said at the top, allows us to grow and to keep creating content. Um, but yeah, the, the Discord is where it's at. I, I love calling out the Discord because come we've got some cool people over there and it keeps growing. Come get your nerd on. Come get your nerd on. I like um, that. 
Do stop by, rate, and review us wherever you listen, subscribe, share us with your friends, your family, um, share us with all, all, all out in the world. Please do that. It does help us grow. Post us everywhere you can think. Yeah, exactly. Even fans, on a post-it like note at, at your work. <laughs> In a yeah. public restroom. Yeah. I've Nerd pinned on, our cards up right, places before. Right we've got, on we've got stickers. TV on a post-it and then just put it on every on every when, hallway. You know door when you sign on a pass. receipt to do the tip, put the tip in. Don't be a dick. But then underneath it be like, here's another Nerd tip. On. Check out nerdon.tv. <laughs> you know when you're about to propose that special someone and you want to carve your name into that tree? That'll that'll end. Just hey, put uh, Nerd hey, on Corey, it. Wow. Can you cut this section oh, out no. and just, it'll be an ad. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Another tip. Um, here's another tip. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, everybody. Start at home, putting thanks. it. If you're a game developer, put it in your names. In your games. When it says tip on a game, be like, press A, B, C to crouch. And then the second tip's like, check out Nerdon.tv. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking please. of which, do check out our Josh. website, Nerdon.tv. It has all the information no. about everything that we do, including our YouTube channel, which has these episodes, because they all we go to If you're a Q-tip manufacturer, put one in there that says, here's another tip. Check out Nerdon.tv right on oh the Q-tip. God. And it's in our colors. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. One Q-tip in the pack is purple and blue. Yeah. And yeah. then one in the stink. No. 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 I Josh, say Josh, hurry. Josh, hurry. Reason. Josh, go. Okay. God. Tom. Ruining my ad. Tired Everybody time. at hurry. home, thank you so much for listening. You know uh, the drill. As always, nerd, nerd on. Nerdon.tv. Indie broadcast.